All righty. Well, acronyms, everybody's favorite thing in technology and how to pronounce them. S-I-E-M. Is it SIM? Is it SIEM? Is it SEM? What is it? It is definitely SIM. Uh, so I'll quick uh, talk about what it actually used to mean. It was a security incident management tool, just S-I-M. And then eventually someone had the bright idea of adding in the event management so, uh, component into it as well. So unfortunately, I went from SIM to SIM with an extra letter. And now a lot of people say SIEM. Uh, I always tell people if you say SIEM, you're wrong. Um, I've even heard it say uh, SIEM, I, I think I heard last week. So yeah, joking aside, it's a SIEM. We're going to say SIEM over and over and over rather than the full uh, abbreviation or acronym of that. So which I suppose is an icebreaker. Nate was like, this is what it is. And there's no other opinions on it. I, I hold that one very, very strongly. Um, but it, it's fine. I, I would say if you've been in technology for a lot longer, you tend to default towards SIM. If you're newer into technology, a lot of people will say SIM. Uh, I, I know we're still doing icebreaker, but I would agree. Say it's SIM. It's SIM. There's no other option. Sorry. <laughs> when I was in my uh, cybersecurity boot camp, I had a lot of instructors pronounce it as seem, which is, I don't know, just kind of funny. Uh, also, but, they are um, wrong. Guess they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire boot like camp it. is a sham. <laughs> Speaking of boot camps, I know we, uh, we talked about a potential future podcast on just uh, the cybersecurity shortage and just trying to help keep that moving along and training is a good opportunity to chat about, right? There's a lot of people that want to get into it. So um, Oscar, I'm looking forward to having you back on that one whenever we uh, hit one of those topics. So. I was going to say, Wilby, yeah. did you have any other differing opinions? Or are we all of a group think today? Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, we're, we're all on the same page here. It's definitely seen. <laughs> now that we, we've said there is no alternative, I can't imagine why you would say anything. <laughs> Willby just doesn't want to be uh, the outcast on the team here. So, yeah, yeah. so say next time we're going to have Nate and Todd speak last. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, and I won't even really answer that one because, yeah, I think we made it pretty clear that if you don't say Sim, you're wrong. We can end the podcast right now. That would be great. But in all I, I reality, think, I, we are talking those, about, right? Sorry, I think those, Yeah, I think those that said uh, seem and hold that one have already dropped off the podcast now that we've said uh, you're wrong. It, they're just done, right? So for those that agree with us on Sim. I can still hear uh, you. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, go ahead, Kelsey. Sorry about that. Oh, no, you're totally fine. I was just going to say to get us back on track because we know how we love to tangent. Today, we are talking about how do you choose the right sim and really starting out what is it? But very quickly, just for everybody listening into what are you listening to and who are we? You're listening to the Tech for Business podcast. My name is Kelsey. I'm a moderator as part of our marketing team. And then we have Nate, our director of cybersecurity, Todd, our chief operating officer and CISO, as well as Wilby, our SOC technician, which SOC acronym, Security Operations Center, and then Oscar, who is our SOC team lead joining us today. I'm going to put it out to you guys. What is a SIM? 
a Sims a security event. Secret. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Oscar. I'll let you go first. A Sim is a security information event manager. Um, it collects logs from uh, multiple sources within your environment um, for security purposes. Yeah. So I. I'll go ahead, Wilby, and then I'm going to ask you guys a question. Yeah, no, I was just going to add on that. You know, I, I like this definition there. I, I think it covered it completely. The only thing I would add is just, you know, more so toward, you know, its its functions, you know, getting a definition of something, you know, you define it by what it is, what it does. Um, so with, with Sim, of course, it, it does the whole, you know, and we'll get into the more technical side of things, but it's going to do, it's going to collect, it's going to parse, aggregate, normalize, categorize. So there, there's quite a bit that it does, but I think um, Oscar kept it nice and sweet, so we'll, we'll keep it there for now. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll ask you guys a question. Uh, sure. Before we jump into what it is or how it works or anything like that, why would a customer even want a sim? Or, you know, why do they need it? Nobody oh, yeah. wants it. Nobody wants it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Oscar. Uh, well, a lot of companies are required to have a sim just for compliance purposes. Uh, it's a big standard in some uh, compliance uh Industries like um, health, um, banking. I know banking's a big one. And then um, let's say a certain incident happens. Uh, it's really good for incident response uh, capabilities and then also for incident capabilities. We kind of have to figure out what happened during a cyber incident. Um, to me, that's why a seems important. Did he say seem? Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Let's kick him off. <laughs> No, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, that's the, that's a big reason. There's the compliance reason. That's a big push for it. Um, also, it's just uh, it it makes everyone's life easier. It's 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 one central location to get all your log data, and you know uh, otherwise you could go the hard and tedious way and go computer to computer and look for what you're looking for. But that's that's not you know there, there's a better way to do it. There's a more efficient way to do it, and and, and business time is money. So that's this is the most practical way of doing it. Uh, I'll add on to it. So the biggest reasons to go for it, I think they both nailed it, is it really is generally because of a compliance that most organizations will look at it from a practicality reason of why you look at them and why you need them, if you will, is because it does do a lot of the day-to-day things that most organizations should be doing, which is gathering logs, reviewing logs, correlating the information that's in the logs. Um, And most SIM solutions will also have the ability to bring in third-party threat intelligence. And when it has that, you will also be able to find a whole bunch of other additional information that may be pertinent to it various types of attacks that are going on in the world. So hypothetically, what that looks like is Maybe there's an up ramp and and hacking due to the war in Ukraine or whatever the case may be. That type of information will come in and enrich the data that you have. So you'll get potential information about threat actors, IPs that are being used, et cetera, et cetera. All of that information allows someone to be able to review the information and make intelligent decisions from all the random information that's coming into an organization via their firewalls, servers, et cetera. Yeah, the the two things I'd probably add on myself, you know, on the why uh, is 
So Oscar mentioned a lot of the different compliance um, requirements required. So just to name a few, and this is not all encompassing by any means, but you have the banks, you know, the finance industry requires it. Healthcare industry is going to, you know, require it. FTC, if you're someone like a dealership, they're going to require it. Uh, CMMC, there's requirements depending on the level that you're needing to be at. But um, there's a lot of, of these different organizations where if you are doing some type of regulated business, either with the government, finance, healthcare, whoever it is, dealerships, uh, anyone that's processing money and loans, you have to have some type of log retention, uh, which then leads me into the other component is it's a way to have uh, a centralized log storage for a longer duration that maybe your tools don't support. So for example, a firewall, it might only store logs for about two hours because they're not intended to store logs are intended to process packets and then you send it over to a log retention tool and then that's where you do your deep dive so so i think that covered the why pretty well um <laughs> what are maybe some of the components of a sim you know the you know how do we even get this thing into the network you know what what does it look like maybe from a really really high level architecture um i don't know who wants to take that one but uh, i guess i'll take that one no volunteers i'll volunteer um yeah i, I guess architecture wise it would, you know there's there's various ways of uh, kind of deploying one and getting it out there and where it's going to collect that data from. Of course, you have, you know, it, it, you have the, could be on the host, could be a host base, could be a network based one. Um, of course, you have the, you know, whether it pushes or pulls from the server, um, as far as from where the logs are coming from. Um, but that's kind of more into the, the architecture, kind of a top down view, um, looking more specifically into it um, component wise. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, again, like I mentioned, you know, it, does the collecting, it does the parsing, and, and we'll get into um, later on. But of course, it'll categorize, and I think as Todd mentioned, there's some enrichment um, features as well with it that goes on to making more sense of what it's reporting on. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I'll, I'll keep my time short. I could, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of definitions there that go along with it. Um, but that's, that's some of the components there, that's some of the architecture, um, at least from my perspective and my experience so far. I guess the most common way I've seen it being deployed in uh, networks is uh, usually through a network tap. It's usually um, it's usually an appliance, whether it's phys physical or virtual. It's usually configured to uh, the spam port on uh, the core switch of a company, and then it takes in all, all the uh, traffic and just all that traffic. Yeah, and there are, there are some sims that also have the capability of adding some add-ons so you can potentially monitor some additional information. So a lot of the cloud services you're starting to see, it's very common for most modern sim tools to extend into Office 365, for example. So um, there are components of that that will help with the collection of data as well. Yeah, the so Oscar, you had mentioned that network tap. So the one thing that I wanted to call out here um, is Oftentimes we're being asked, well, what do I need to do? Where do I put this? You know, what type of data will I see? Um, the one thing that I will mention is oftentimes with some of these solutions, and we'll get to this a little bit down below further about the 
considerations, you know, kind of the main topic, how do you choose the right one? But oftentimes what we'll see is organizations, they want 100% coverage of the network traffic. Um, what that means is more money typically, right, is uh, more more agents or collectors to collect all that network traffic. Uh, if you have multiple sites or multiple switches underneath each other, if you're trying to see 100% of the traffic, you're going to have to spend more infrastructure to connect all these sensors together. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense to do that, right? So for example, if maybe you had a small satellite office with three devices, you want, if you are adhering to the 100% visibility, so that way you could see one device scan the next device, you might need to go deploy a full, you know, the server out there and everything just to capture three packets. That might be, again, thousand, two thousand, whatever dollars it is to do that. Um, but then you have more ports on the switches that you have to go implement. So oftentimes when you see this deployed, it's up at the core infrastructure. So where does all the traffic flowing through? And then from there, once you get that critical traffic, uh, you know, touching the servers and going out to the Internet, then you can start building out uh, where the other critical locations are that you need to collect traffic from. Um, and then the one other thing I'd mention, I believe, Wilby, you mentioned this is the host base side of things is there are also agents that you can install on your servers, the workstations to go capture the critical security logs, you know, something that's not network based. So, you know, for someone failing to log into their computer over and over and over again, right? Either that's someone with a bad password or someone brute forcing that a computer that's where those agents come in and they can ship them over to uh, your long-term storage and create the alerts on that as well. So really quickly, I just wanted to interrupt just ever so slightly for a moment and say, we've thrown out a lot of technical terms, agents, logs, events that, right. If it was somebody like me who doesn't work in on it and I was saying, Hey, yeah, paint me a picture, give me a metaphor. What is this doing? What does it not do for me? Is there a non-technical metaphor that we could use to explain this before going on to write more of the technical details of how do you pick the right one? I'll take a swipe at it. Um, for those that are non-technical, the, the basically what the SIM solution is doing is it's taking information from your various systems. Um, and what it's trying to do is collect it in a single location. And the reason behind it is the compliance requirements say you need to do it. So it's, as we mentioned at the beginning, it's the very driving reason that almost everybody invests in it. The tools themselves tend to be somewhat expensive. They also tend to be very, well, we'll refer to it as noisy. And we'll get into what you can do about that as we start talking about how to pick the right one a little bit later. But what they're doing is they're gathering information from all over the place, putting it in a single location so it can be reviewed if needed, if there was an event. So um, if I was to overly simplify it, I would say that the tool is really designed that in case of fire break glass. So an event happened, you need to go back and figure out what happened, why it happened, et cetera, et cetera. All of that information is in a single location and you can go back and review it. So that's the purpose of the tool and what it for all intents and purposes is trying to do is give you that historical view of everything that may have happened on a network. It is very technical. Um, it does have a lot of the stuff, as you mentioned, with agents and a variety of different ways of how to deploy it. That's all on the technical team. So the people that are very technical, welcome to the party. Hope you enjoyed the first portion of the meeting. Uh, but for those that are not, it's really it's the, the how is something that you'll probably rely on another group to help put the implementation in place.
Awesome. Thank you for explaining that to me like I was five, because that was the moment I was having, because I was like, <laughs> we were going to really simplify this. So thank you. Sorry to interrupt the flow there, but just wanted to interject. Perfect. But Nate, yeah, I was saying, Nate, I'll pass I, back off to you. <laughs> I, I, I had something, but I was about to go a little little technical on my metaphor, so I'm going to skip over that. But uh my one summary on that is it takes a lot of those raw logs and does the initial evaluation of determining is there a threat or not for you and creates an alarm that then someone needs to go look at. So. The Oscar, did you have something? Otherwise, I don't know if we want to jump uh, over to uh, the actual considerations after that. I guess. uh I heard one person who used to work for uh, a knock at IBM. He described it as a glorified log collector. <laughs> yeah, that actually, I, I'm going to tie that in uh, into the considerations because Todd and I have talked quite a bit in the past. And I, I, I'm going to say this, and I don't fully agree because it is a really, really important tool, but it is also something to consider right is we often say it's just another sim um, and the reason why is there's a lot of tools out there you know free super expensive but the intent of it is it just collects all the logs in your network so when you have a security incident you can figure out what happened along the way and also creating alarms where these really become powerful tools is the integrations they have, the types of alerting they have, whether or not they take response against those threats, and then also how you start pricing it out, which I, so again, although we say it's just another SIM, you still wanna find the right SIM. So um, the way that I'd probably start this off is I'm gonna quick touch on a topic called people, process, and technology. Uh, we've said this before here at CIT, um, but when you're looking at any solution, so the, when we're picking the right SIM, that's the technology, right? And so what this means is you can go off the shelf and grab you know, some type of SIM, uh, the glorified log collector, but the two other components you really need to pay attention to along the way when evaluating is the people and the processes. So do you have the people and the time that are going to dedicate to looking at the alerts that are coming into the system saying there might be a potential threat on your environment because if you don't have the people looking at the tool you shouldn't have the tool in the first place because then you're not paying attention to the network and a potential security threat which is the entire intent of this is to try and identify them before they become a major incident and then the other component is the processes is great you have someone looking at the alerts, you have the technology, do they actually know what to do with it, right? Is you see someone scanning the network, you see someone, you know, there's a anomalous connection outside of the network to the Netherlands, now what, right? You, you should have the processes to be able to respond to those as well. That's a, you know, either a, an IT person that's trained or, you know, like the two smart minds here on our team with Oscar and Willoughby working in the SOC, they know what they're looking at. They know the processes. Um, so that's the the administrative considerations I'd probably put into play before you dig into the technical and the billing. Yeah, so so things that I would do as we're going through this conversation is I think Nate hit a bunch of really good points. As an organization is starting to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, why they're going to do it, um, 
It ultimately kind of depends on, we like to say it depends. I like to say it depends. It depends on what you're working with, who you're working with and so forth. But the reality is the compliance is what really is driving this, as we mentioned earlier. Um, You will often, me, somebody else, when I say you, will often find technical people that kind of go into one or two streams. One is they tend to find tools that they find are very inexpensive, and then they go into the deep end and say, I'm going to manage it, I'm going to have it. And then there's others that are going, that's really not my forte. The business isn't really paying me to take this tool set and monitor it all day, every day. Um, Where I'm ultimately going with this is as you're selling this to your executive team, they're going, it's great that I need this for compliance reasons, but since I'm spending all the money on it, what else does it do? And the tool set, besides being able to look at that historical aspect, is if it is being reviewed all day, every day, like it really technically should be. So this is going to tip my hand a little bit is. I would highly recommend looking at it that you've got a tool that is being reviewed 24-7 and most IT staffs don't work 24-7. It would be a component that I would look at. But your executive team is going to be looking for that and saying, well, who's looking at it? What's happening? My point here is that things are happening on your network all day, every day. And if somebody is not reviewing that, you don't have any real insight in it. So buying a tool, sticking it in the closet and ignoring is actually not what you should be doing. And if you happen to be in a compliance industry, the compliance industry will not find that acceptable either. You can show them the logs, but that is going to be insufficient. They're going to be going, but how do you know you didn't have an issue? Yeah, the, I guess, I'm 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 currently working with a bank right now going through their audits and they're absolutely being asked show me the alerts that came through and a ticket showing that you've actually worked through that so you know here at CIT again Oscar will be and others on the team as well uh, they are going through and you know as an alert comes in creates a ticket with CIT and then they are also going back and following up with our customers along the way so um, Oscar will be. I don't know if you had anything on that, but yeah, um, we always review the alerts that come through any of our um, security tools, and then if it's something worth bringing up to a customer, we definitely bring it up and kind of get their thoughts on it and kind of work with them. Um, if it's expected activity, we kind of just acknowledge the layer and close it out. And if it's something to be uh, something more concerning, then that's when we kind of get. Uh, more people into it, like incident response and um, try to address and contain the issue from there. Um, before I pass it over to uh, Wilby, I wanted to preface this a little bit too, is as you're looking at tools, you're, as I was kind of alluding to, as somebody should be looking at it, um, organizations definitely have those people if you're one of those and you have them, you already know this, but if you're not and you're kind of configuring, trying to consider what does it look like, Typically, a security individual is is fairly expensive. Um, this ability to go through the information and discern what is meaningful, what isn't, how does it apply to a business, what's normal, what's not, that is not something you just buy something, stick it in, and you're good to go. You do actually need to have people that do that. So Nate's pro- uh, comment about people, you absolutely need people. It is a component that is absolutely required when you're looking at a SIM. Whether you hire them, whether it's included with the tool, whatever, it's absolutely critical. So um, I know Oscar kind of gave you the, this is what we do. 
that's the critical part. If you don't have that, you should be looking at it and it should be part of the considerations for the tool set as well. Yeah, I, I'm going to jump to how to price a sim and just kind of writing on your comment about the pricing. To get to Todd's comment about you should be doing this 24-7, it's going to take 10 to 12 SOC or Security Operations Center individuals to be able to sustain that through vacations, sicknesses, anything like that. So take 10 to 12 people, multiply by their salaries. Uh, that's what you're looking at internally. Um, so the the one thing that I wanted to really mention today was how to actually pri uh, identify a, a SIM because when you go look at the market, they're all priced slightly differently. Um, so we have a lot of tools out there that are uh, consumption based. So what this means is as logs are coming into this tool, it's calculating how many logs you have sent. And then from there, it might either be a couple cents per you know, megabit, gigabit, whatever it is. Um, bills are just different storage terms. If you don't know that, that's OK. But the more logs you send to it, the more expensive it's going to get. Where that could be a, a danger is what happens if you don't know how many logs you're going to send to it. And then you're also always battling between, I want 100% visibility, but I know it's going to cost me a lot of money to do that. Uh, so that's one of the considerations there. There are a couple on the market as well that when you hit a certain threshold, it just stops working, which as a security solution, you need to be really cautious about because those ones, they might be fairly cheap. But if the tool's not working, that's a pretty high risk uh, situation there, right? Is again, if you're in compliance and you say, well, I stopped logging 20 days into the 30 day month, your auditors are not going to like that at all. Um, so there's things that you can do to tune that. Um, so log consumption, it's not a bad route. You just need to be careful with it um, and being able to budget for it accordingly. Likewise, if someone is sending a ton of logs so sometimes you'll see a server you know get stuck in a loop and send more and more logs it might cost a lot uh, if that happens if you aren't paying attention have some type of budget alerting set up the the other component and i really don't like this one uh personally there's others that love it is events per second so what this is going to be is as those logs are coming in it's not calculating how many logs but the, the comment earlier about as the raw logs come in, it's doing a correlation to figure out, is there some type of threat on the network? So as it's doing that correlation, that'll calculate as one. And then as the next set of logs come in, it calculates that one. And then it's how many of those per second are coming in. Some tools will charge on that. How you calculate that, I've asked. It's I'm going to say magic. <laughs> so that, that would be the one thing there. Um, it's really, really difficult, especially if you don't have a tool in place already. You know, so that one you have to be careful because it might say, well, we would budget for this. And all of a sudden it just becomes a lot more expensive. And again, it, it can vary depending on the day or the month or the week. Probably one of the more common ones that we see is just how many users you have. It's you know, potentially unlimited data retention. We don't care how many logs you send to us. Um, and then what you're really doing is you're taking your CapEx uh, and turning it into an OpEx, right? You're saying your CapEx might vary, but when you go plan on hiring, you know, five new employees, you just know that that tool is going to cost X amount more. So you just start to budget for that in your daily cycles. 
Um, and then the one other one, we don't see this too often these days, this is a little bit older, is the total IPs on a network. So this one, there's oftentimes some type of scan or you know, it's pulling in the data and trying to figure out how many devices are on the network. Oftentimes people will miscalculate. They say, well, I have 10 employees, therefore I have 10 endpoints or 100 employees, I have 100 endpoints uh, or workstations. Oftentimes what we see is it's about four times the amount of people. So for example, someone has their laptop, they have their phone that's connected to the network. You know, if you have like an Apple device, your watch will automatically connect to the Wi-Fi as well. So there's three devices. You have your printers, your switches, you know, you name it. That four times estimate tends to fit most industries today. So, um, so that's all the different pricing stuff. I know that's a lot of info. Here at CIT, we have different solutions depending on the needs of, of your organization. Uh, more than happy to talk to you about those, but just be aware that this is the biggest differentiator between the SIMS is how is it priced? So. Oh, that's awesome. And really quick, just because I'm the timekeeper sitting here as we're getting close on time and we could tangent and go a whole nother episode on this. But while we have Wilby and Oscar on with us too, since they are the people you know on the ground working with this tool, working with customers, I wanted to ask them, do you have any advice for people that are either implementing it, they just found out they have to implement it, or really open the floor to say, hey, this was a really great question that somebody asked me. And this is what I gave them. And I wish that everybody knew this. It's a loaded five-part question. Um, I guess I'll go first. Look at that. Okay, no worries. Um, um, yeah, no. My general advice, I guess, would be with 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 the themes, with the sim. Um, it would just be. Um, I, I would definitely recommend just having regular, um, regular meetings. Just uh, at least making sure. Um, it uh, again with fine tuning the sim. It's it's a collaborative process. Um, so regular meetings with the stock individuals, myself, Oscar. Um, whatever SOC team you're going to work with, um, just regular meetings so that um, we can put more context to, to what needs to be fine-tuned and reducing the noise. It, it really is something um, that, that, that takes a partnership. I guess to add on there, um, it's definitely important that you connect with the client and kind of make sure uh, to collect everything that they want and then to kind of um, tailor it to what they need. Um, like for some compliances, I know they need certain reports, especially in the financial industry. So working with that client to make sure those reports are set up and then that they get generated every every week or every month. Um, it's important for those clients that need it, need to show their auditors that they're actually uh, analyzing the events that are coming through the seam. So um, definitely you want to work with the client to like kind of <laughs> tailored to their needs. Um, you, you guys caught that? Yeah, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So just kind of summarizing everything that we covered at the end there is ultimately what our podcast was, was uh, how do you decide how to pick a tool? And and really, really broad. I think Nate kind of summarized it quite well when he said it's, it's kind of the technology, the people, the process. So summarizing that is technology, what are your requirements? Do you have specific things for the compliance? Oscar nailed it with the reporting, et cetera. Um, do you need to have a vulnerability scan? Does the tool do it? You got to do that type of research. People, who's going to monitor it? How are they going to monitor it? What does the coverage look like? It is absolutely component and it needs to be considered in the overall cost, you know, return on investment, if you will. 
process. It needs to be repeatable. You can't just throw somebody at it. You do it for a couple of weeks and then you're out. It, it just won't work. You'll get skewered by the, the compliance industry if you're in it. Um, and then cost. You got to really look at it from um, the way that the subscription works. And some, like Nate mentioned, some are going to be just pure storage. How much am I gathering and what is that going to vary like? And the other one is going to be a different model where it's going to be based off of users. So those are the main considerations. It's always not that simple. Certainly understand that. So if you still got questions, you still got concerns, there's plenty of people out there that can help you through the process. Obviously, we do. We know an awful lot about it. Um, Super, super excited to help people out with it. So if you need help, we're here for you. As you can tell, all of these guys can totally geek out about all of this, which is amazing. And that's why I like talking with all of you. So thank you so much, guys, for sitting down today talking about how to choose the right sim and to make sure that Oscar made sure that we were all listening on the sim versus sim. He made sure we were all still awake. So I see your strategy there, man. I got you. I got you. But thank you, Nate. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Wilby. And thank you, Oscar. If anybody has questions for any of these guys, or if you have an idea based on a future podcast, or if you have follow-up, hey, that was great, but I want to know more about what do those logs look like? All of the great things. If you want to know if you're pronouncing things right, we're here for you. Reach out. <laughs> you can email us at info at cit-net.com or head out to our podcast, see or head out to our podcast, head out to our website, cit-net.com backslash podcast, and we'll be back next week with another episode. 